Welcome to the Becoming Whole podcast. I am your host, Karima Eames, a holistic therapist, author, and passionate seeker of truth. For the past 34 years, I've been working with people on inner transformation. I've taken my learnings and written a new book, Becoming Whole, The Art of Inner Transformation. This book is packed with tried and tested tools and stories. And now in this podcast, we'll explore real-life client examples and how they have applied these tools to transform their lives. Come and join me if you would like to learn how to transform your life too. My guest today is Aurora Kerr. She is 55 years old, has worked as a social worker, specializing in grief and loss during the HIV AIDS pandemic, as a life coach, social activist, retreat owner, fundraiser, volunteer, and travel agent. Her passions are travel, nature, meditation, and personal growth, and advocating for empathy and refugee rights. Aurora is an emerging writer of fiction after a long career of helping others as a therapist. She now combines her love of working with people with her vivid imagination and love of characters and books. She lives between Melbourne and Byron Bay. We have known each other for about 20 years. Hi, Aurora. I'm very much looking forward to speaking with you and sharing your very unique voice with our listeners. A very warm welcome to my podcast. Hi, Karima. I'm excited to be here. So we've agreed on specific questions and you're ready to go into them? Mm -hmm. Okay. Can you say why you're interested in doing inner work? When I was thinking about this, I thought studying psychology and social work when I was in my early 20s didn't really teach me what I'd hoped to learn about myself and others. I was left wanting. It didn't quench my thirst for knowing, and I've always sensed that my power lies within me, and I've always had a sense of my personal power. I love how we co-create our sessions together how we use my imagination and curiosity and your tools. I'm addicted to the feeling just on the other side of all the hard things that we encounter in life, the freedom and the bliss. I just want to deepen what you just said, like sessions are a co-creation. It's not the therapist doing something to the client or for the client. It's a co-creation. We both come together and that's how it all works. So thanks for mentioning that. Mm. What important moments of doing your inner work are standing out for you? I think refining trusting my intuition and looking for the physical signs in my belly and my heart, not in my mind. I thought a really good example of this happened 10 years ago when my father died. I knew there'd be a mountain of grief for me to experience and digest and I was really terrified by the thought of doing this in the traditional way, surrounded by my chaotic family. I knew there was no peace there, there never has been. So I trusted and expanded my intuition, which was screaming at me, get the hell out of there, and I resourced myself as we did in our sessions, by creating a sacred, safe space, just like in my imagination. I don't know if you 
remember, but it's always a snow-covered mountain and there's always some kind of old Thai temple in the bottom. So I jumped on a plane and instead of doing the right thing and turning up to the funeral, I did my right thing, which was heading to the mountains of Canada where I was born via the ancient temples of Cambodia and northern Thailand. I lit candles and incense the whole way and then headed to the mountains, which is where I was when my father died. I was in a Haida Gwaii, which is a Canadian First Nation mourning hut, when I got the call that he'd passed away. I had everything I needed and I coped really well with my colossal loss. It's a very unique interpretation of grieving and thanks for sharing that. Mm. What challenges have you overcome? <laughs> so many. <laughs> uh, childhood trauma, attack. I think my biggest challenges internally have been overcoming fear, which has resulted from all of this trauma. My fear isn't just perceived. I've dealt with a lot of dangerous people, both personally and professionally. As a therapist, I've exposed myself to many complex people and settings like maximum security jails. And for me, reconnecting with my own light is pretty much the answer to this everyday stress. And I want to add around my age is recently menopause has brought completely new fears to my life. I've never experienced anxiety before, but I've had anxiety, claustrophobia and vertigo. Now, these are all brand new and very relevant to my life because I like skiing and I like being on the top of mountains. Um, all of those things are now under control. So I've learned to adapt. And I think the key word around adapting to some of those anxieties has been to keep myself safe, to put my safe, my safety first and foremost. And you've taught me that. Thanks for sharing that. Let's go into some of the questions that are aligned with the book. What have you learned? The big thing I've learned is that all trauma is addressable with bravery and focus. I've learned my essence is always waiting on the other side of anything, no matter how overwhelming it is, how huge it is, how dark or distressing. I've learned how to rest and resource, how to tackle the hard stuff and then rest again. I think that's something we've gone over again and again. <laughs> yes, we have. <laughs> And then my new, newest resource is fully engaging my creativity by writing fiction. My previous life just didn't have this magical quality to it that I now love. That's so beautiful. And I love what you said in the beginning, all trauma is addressable and healable. That's totally my understanding. We just have to do it in the right way and anything can heal with the right commitment. That's my deep conviction too, and you are proof of that. And heal quickly. Yeah, yeah, if we do it rightly. Mm. Yeah, beautiful. So what is the role of the mind in inner transformation from your perspective? Has your mind become a friend? My mind has always been my friend, um, and the role of my mind in inner transformation has been to use my creativity and the vastness of my mind 
and my curiosity in our work. I find our sessions are fun and creative and often wordless. Um, images and ideas come really quickly to me, which helps me pass through the stages very quickly to the other side. Um, I'm very, very open and committed and I completely trust that it will always work. I love to jump into anything to transform it and I always, always, always want to get to the other side. And more, more, sure. I really love that about you. Like you, I call that fluidity on the inner. Like you are so committed and you have the trust by now that it works and that it can transform. And you're just demonstrating that every single time. So that's a great thing to share because I can see regularly with newer clients when they touch on the more difficult stuff for the first time, it's a real fork in the road many people then go it's too hard it's i don't want to go to unpack these old difficult things and you've done it and you had a lot of difficult things to unpack and you've done it and you know now how it works and that it does work and then things move really quickly like you bec you've become very skilled on the inner mm, thank you um the other thing that i did want to point out is that I do still struggle with thoughts at night and I still have insomnia. So I feel like I have a lot of control over my inner world during the day, but at night I tend to have a bit of superego attack. Um, but I know that my superego is outdated and it's not my friend, so I'm, I can clearly see it. And I just wanted to add that if I don't recognise a superego attack, you very quickly do. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> And sometimes it's easier for somebody else to go, oh, oh, that's the superego. The judge is busy. Yeah. Okay, beautiful. Let's go towards the body. Why is connecting with the physical body important? This is probably one of the biggest learnings I've had in all of my transformational work. Um, you just can't do it without it. You, to shift thoughts and emotions and stuckness, you need to move. You need to shake, you need to move, you need to use your voice. I like to speak gibberish and I like to connect with the earth and I can't do it if my body's not moving. I've learned that from the path of love as well as from you. Um, but for me as a registered social worker who studied psychology for six years, this doesn't happen in traditional therapy. I was taught at university to sit quietly with my clients. Therapy was very still, nothing like the mind. And in psychiatry, you actually lie there still. I want to add to that uh, from my own experience because I did study psychology too. And it was looking back, it was really boring. And when I found mm -hmm. this work, it was like, this works. And I didn't get what I was looking for in my studies and this working through the body, the real working with energy, with emotions, that's where transformation happens. And yeah, I absolutely agree with what you said there. Mm. Anything else about the body? No. I think I think that's all. Just I just really wanted to point out that it just doesn't happen in traditional therapy. Yep, I agree. How would you describe the importance of the heart for inner transformation? 
Well, I think the heart's essential um, and to be heart-centred rather than mind-centred is the transformation. Um, I try to listen always with my heart and that's not difficult for me because I'm an HSP, a highly sensitive person. Do you want to say anything more about that? Well, it kind of leads into that next question, which is um, what have you learned about the art of feeling? I feel as an HSP, I really overfeel. So it's not that I can't feel, it's that I can't stop feeling. So I've learned through you how to set up boundaries and how to particularly protect myself. Um, I'm not afraid of strong emotions and that they may come up for me, but I can now protect myself from the stronger energies of people who are often attracted to me or I'm surrounded by. This is another piece I really want to highlight. Learning to have healthy boundaries is crucial for anybody, but especially for highly sensitive people. And to understand about the right level of protection that is needed. Because when you're very sensitive, you do absorb more and you need absolutely to have that feeling of the right protection. So I'm very passionate about teaching people about the right level of protection because it took a while for me to learn that because I didn't understand myself that I was an HSP for a very long time. And so the, the right protection is crucial. Do you have any example or can you say a little bit more about what the right protection or when you have healthy boundaries feels like compared to not having them? Look, I wish I'd learnt this at university, Karima. Um, one of the very first jobs I had was in maximum security jail in Sydney. And I'd go into a lot of different maximum security jails. And I wish I had some of that understanding of how to actually protect my physical space. I was very conscious of staying centred and not letting the wardens piss me off or other people that were trying to get my attention get in my way, but I didn't understand that before I walked in, I could actually cloak myself in white protective light so I could go in and do the job that I needed to do without the distractions of a whole lot of people with lots and lots of time trying to distract me. Yeah, that's so crucial. One of the ways I often try to explain that to people when they haven't learned yet how to pr protect themselves energetically, and you mentioned the white cloak, is when it's colder, we wear thicker layers. When it's warmer, we can take them off. And colder means energetically when there is energy that would be not supportive to us or possibly even harmful then we need more layers of protection. And that energetic protection is simple to learn once we know how it works. And when we don't do it, it's, it's very difficult. Mm -hmm. So very happy that you mentioned that issue. I think there's a deeper point there for me and my younger self was I actually didn't feel worthy of protection. And I think that that came from my trauma history in childhood. So I had to actually work through that piece with you about feeling worthy to protect myself. Mm. And I think there's something about being a woman there and how we're supposed to look after everybody else. Mm. And also when you weren't protected in the right way in your childhood, that becomes familiar. And then you learn to believe that's how it is. 
-hmm. And that's why relearning to be protected in the right way and safely is for many people a big piece. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's huge for me. I'm mm -hmm. still learning it. Yeah, I think that's a lifelong learning for most people. Mm. Is there anything else about the art of feeling you would like to share? No, I think that's all. Okay. Can you talk a bit about the inner child? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love talking about my inner child with you, not with others. Um, and I love it because I've always been connected to my inner child and I feel like that is the most important connection in my life. I've always been in awe of who I was as a very, very young person. I understood my family dynamics from a very young age and I understood my light and my intuition. And That is so remarkable. Whenever you shared that, I'm in awe because that is so unique with the tough circumstances you grew up in, you could have so easily given up on yourself or taken it against you or forgot your light and you didn't. So I find that outstanding about you. Mm, I think from about five, I had a plan to get the hell out of there. You know, I understood that everyone around me was crazy, that the adults around me weren't role models. And yeah, you know, I had a suitcase packed underneath my bag, underneath my bed from about six. That's I knew. Incredible. I knew I was getting out of there. Mm. And still my Instagram handle is I'm always packed. I know. <laughs> yeah, tell us a bit more about your beautiful inner child. Um, well, it, it, I'll, I'll jump a little bit to true nature because that's who my inner child is. So when I was a really young girl, I had a direct experience of my true nature through skiing. So I guess I was about six, maybe seven when I started skiing. Um, and I had this otherworldly feeling as soon as I'd mastered it, which was I felt at one with the mountain. I felt like I was the mountain. I felt like I was made of snow. I felt like the snow underneath my skis was what my body was made up of. Um, and I was lucky enough every year, the one thing that saved my childhood is every year I was taken out of school for a month and got to ski for a month every year. So every single year I looked forward to this month when I would literally just dissolve into oneness. And it felt like... I was literally bathed in white light. There were golden rays of sunshine. I was covered in snowflakes. It was completely otherworldly and I experienced delight, bliss, pure joy and benevolence. And this I've is never so incredible, like such a direct experience of true nature through outer nature mm. and you always recognise that as, you know, what it was so many people have to learn to wake up to true nature and remember eventually that it even exists but you were always in touch with it it's so beautiful yeah. i was surrounded by a lot of older people when i was skiing my dad was an older skier and they were kind of the old europeans and old canadians and it was just part of how they lived and that's you know they were mountain men and i was a mountain woman <laughs> 
I love it. <laughs> Anything else about the inner child? No, that's okay. all. I just really, really love her. <laughs> <laughs> I love her too. Um, are you okay to talk a bit about places of deficiency or holes and your experience sure. of that? Sure. So I guess that's the opposite feeling to what I just described. Um, my holes showed up as terror and fear of annihilation. And some of those holes were perceived based on fear and some of them are real. I've had a lot of challenging life events and I used to notice a feeling of collapse and hopelessness arrive in me that I arise in me that I, I couldn't cope, that I didn't know what to do. But then I just always never gave up, got in touch with how courageous I am. And then together in our sessions, we would abseil together down into them. <laughs> and once my mind and my creativity came to the party, there were visual images to work with. I could easily show that courage. I deeply trust myself and I deeply trust you. And I could use that desperation that I felt not to collapse but to inquire further. I always knew that peace was on the other side. I just had to get to it. So it was a bit like mountaineering. <laughs> yeah, it can be like that on the inner. I really love comparing our inner nature to outer nature. And... That's a beautiful example you gave there. And I want to highlight one of the guidelines you just mentioned, which is crucial for anybody doing the work, which is never give up. Yeah. It's if we follow that, if we do not give up, if we stay with something that's really difficult and keep finding the right tools to deal with it, we get through because in the core of everything is true nature. And you know that. And that's why you're also having the courage to go into these really difficult places. And collapse and hopelessness are very difficult ones. And many people don't want to go there. And you know how to go there and get through and come to the goodness on the other side again. Thank goodness for that. <laughs> I know. I wish we could. I really want to bring that across that that is possible that everybody gets that encouragement that we can get through these tough places and on the other side is the treasure that's why i use the image of opening a treasure chest in the book and it is in all of us and i'm super passionate about that i totally agree anything else about holes no, that's enough holes. Okay. <laughs> Let's get to the good stuff again. Yeah. What does listening to inner guidance mean to you? Um, I have really strong intuition and guidance, um, and you've taught me that I need to make space for that so that I need to quieten myself and listen carefully. One of the things that you've taught me is to ask yes or no to my body and wait for its response and I get that either from my heart or my breath or my belly or my throat and more and more in life I ask yes or no to everything I don't need to walk in situations blindly what is your yes signal like give the listeners a bit of an example it's an expansion in my heart it's an expand it's expansion expansion okay. in my heart expansion in my belly 
a smoothness in the back of my throat, mm-hmm. a clarity in my brain, and the opposite is everything tightens and clenches. Perfect. Yeah, I want to highlight that that the yes signal is always something positive and the no is on that same polarity. So either expansion, contraction, light and darkness, upward flow, sinking feeling. And once we have that, we can really learn to listen. And you are doing that. All day, every day. <laughs> yeah, me too. Once you learn it, why would you stop it? <laughs> why walk into any situation blindly? Why? Exactly. Yeah. Now, you already started talking about true nature and your experience of that. Um, Is there anything else you want to share? Your experience of the state of being whole? I think I want to share, um, I shared about how I was very lucky to get in touch with that as a young person. But now for me, I actually live in Byron Bay. I'm nowhere near snow. Um, I can get that same feeling from anything in nature, whether that be it's currently raining, rain feels the same as snow to me now. Um, surrounding myself in green. Um, Nature and meditation are the places where I can incorporate that in my daily life. And I remember when I moved to Melbourne, I was so scared about leaving a forest and moving to Melbourne. You told me that the forest was inside me now. And it really was, you know, and I moved to Melbourne. I only lasted a couple of years, but I did feel that forest. And actually, again, I recreate forests wherever I go. Within days of moving to Melbourne, I found the Dandenong Ranges, one of my favourite forests on (laughs) earth, 45 minutes from my house. What is the feeling quality of a forest for you on the inner? Just strength and expansion and it's sacred it's an old feeling I Mm. feel like I'm an old tree um I just feel at home Mm. fully at home wonderful what does becoming whole this journey of where we are becoming whole again mean to you at this moment in time At this moment in time, it has become about learning to resource myself and rest, to work with my waves of energy, especially during menopause. I have moments of great energy and I have moments of no energy. So really making my life fit in with that and always using my toolkit, like putting it on before I go out the door. And I think for me, as someone that had crazy adults around me when I was a child, having someone like you witness and guide me through my healing is also very healing, that I'm not doing it alone. I feel like so much of my life has been alone. And now that I've committed to becoming a writer, that's a pretty alone pursuit as well. So I love that my therapy is with you and witnessed. Mm, thanks for sharing that and for me on the other side of that it is so beautiful to provide that space I definitely love it and you know how passionate I am about healing and it's very rewarding to be on the other side of witnessing healing Aurora is there anything else you would like to share 
there's a few things. Um, I wanted to say that the fear is worse than anything you can ever, the fear is worse than what you're fearing. And to go there, that resistance is futile. Use your courage to face and know that your true nature is waiting for you on the other side and it's waiting to sing you home. And I also wanted to say that I've wanted my life to be sacred because for me that's the opposite of feeling scared. I've spent a lot of time around the dying and this is what I've learned. That is so beautiful and profound what you just shared there. Beautiful. Now, what is one tool or resource you would like our listeners to take away from today? I'm not good at one. I've got three. That's okay. Bring it on. (laughs) The first one um, comes from both my professional and personal self, which is share this book with your therapist. I think that they could use some of these fabulous techniques and I didn't learn this from university and neither did you and neither did they. To share this book with your therapist. I'd like this to get into professional hands. Oh, thanks for saying that. (laughs) You're welcome. The second one is uh, the exercise which is in the book that you taught me, what is the worst thing that can happen and what is the best thing that can happen. I rely on this a lot and I wanted to just add an insight that I've had recently. Mm I recently had the worst case scenario happen, the worst thing that could happen happened. And as soon as it did, all of my fear evaporated. It was done. Wow. Yeah, it is a really powerful exercise. It's one of my favourites too. It just works. It does. And then the third one that I wanted to share was just be curious about yourself. Um, you're unique and there's no one like you. So true. And you're a beautiful example of that. Josu oh. says, there is no one on earth more you are than you. <laughs> I love that. I can't wait for your book to come out. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I can really hear your beautiful, unique voice in the way you are sharing and answering. So thank you for all your insights, for your unique voice, for your very beautiful perspective. And is there anything else before we finish? I just wanted to thank you, Karima. You've been with me for over 20 years. You know, you've lasted longer than my relationships. We've had therapy all over the world, either you're overseas or I'm overseas. And it's just been a joy, just an absolute joy. I can't imagine my life without it. Thank you so much. Thank you for sharing all of this and look forward to seeing you soon. You too. Lots of love. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Becoming Whole podcast. My passion is to make this world a better place. And that starts with each one of us feeling and being well. If this podcast has helped you, please subscribe and share it with your friends. Leaving a review also helps others find the podcast. My new book, Becoming Whole, The Art of Inner Transformation, is available on Booktopia and Amazon. For more information, check out my website, inneralchemy.com.au or find me on Facebook.